When I when I was moving, I brought a futon with me, which was a real pain in the ass to put together. But I managed to put it back together with my dad. Wow. And then at first we like, what was really hard was getting the like cover back on the mattress, which was like lumpy and stuff. So like it didn't and it was pretty tight. Uh, and eventually we did and we got it on. But then I guess it like the it 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 was lump it was like bulbous out like it like we put it on the i guess the opposite way it had been used to be so it was like not it was it was just like sticking out what for a while about? <laughs> what, what do you mean your lumpy mattress it's it a, a moving story about my futon mattress yeah it was moving oh moving yeah. moving we moved i moved yeah and i brought like furniture with me it's an important story for when we go visit andy uh welcome That's to right. can i kick it this is a podcast about film festivals my name is Jesse Catherine Weber, and I'm joined by expert futon flipper Andy Gramuga. Uh, Colin Atley. Uh Vulture's number one podcaster, Emilio Diaz. <laughs> That's right. That's what they said. Uh, today, as I promised last week, it's the sure. triumphant return of the news segment. Boy, uh, we've just got a document full of news, and then uh, it's been like got, over a month since we I, did news. I, I tried to do this math uh, last sure. week and bailed halfway through, but I think it's closer right. to two months than one. Great. I don't believe there's been a news segment since before TIFF. So, sure. um, there's a lot of it. Uh, and yeah. we're going to start out with news that, if we uh, shared it when it happened, we'd only have half of it. Uh, because a couple months ago, I think shortly after its Venice premiere, maybe even before it played at Toronto, uh, mm-hmm. Janice picked up uh, No Bears, the Jafar Panahi film. Uh, sure. But a week or so ago, they announced that not only did they pick it up, it's coming out before the end of the year. Uh, December 23rd. Yes. Uh, so, eligible for awards. Um, sure. Well, yes. Because, obviously, it has not been sub- submitted as Iran's official yeah, no, selection. Yeah, no. For reasons you might guess. Uh-huh. Um, he was... I believe he was able to record a video that was played at the Miami Film Festival uh, either before the film screened or maybe it won an award. But, yeah. In prison... Um, yeah, but the movie, you know, I critics awards. I'm sure is more what sure. the what the hope is. Um, but yeah, just always good to get it get your movie out there by the end of the year. I think more distributors should just do that. Yeah. Uh, another acquisition, uh, Grasshopper Films has acquired a film that we will talk about later, or I will talk about later, because uh, I forgot to say that the other thing we're going to do is we're going to wrap up some loose ends from uh, last uh, last week's uh, discussion of the current section at New York Film Festival. Uh, another film that played there uh, released by Gra- uh, will be released by Grasshopper I would imagine next year, and that is Rewind and Play uh, Alan Gomi's movie uh, about Thelonious Monk. Uh, which is good. Uh, another uh, piece of news. Uh, maybe we maybe we can get some real crosstalk going on this one. Uh, Berlin series. Uh, their section that they added. Uh, I feel like shortly before this podcast started. Of course, uh, it's where the Eddie premiered. Dispatches from elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Is a competitive section sure. now. Uh, next okay. year, something will win Berlin series. Yeah, um, 
Which, yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I guess it's usually, it's been, like, like a couple of U.S. Like, yeah. it's, a, it's very international. Yes. Uh, as far like, as TV. Yeah. I and feel like some it's eight things, even, like, it's, like, in total. I feel like. Yeah. It's not a large section. I mean, some of some of the international things are, like, something that'll, like, have a famous actor in it or be from a, a famous director. I feel like there was something that Athena Rachel Sangari had worked on one year. Um, stuff like that. Uh, but, yeah, it I, I will be, it's a strange thing to do. Yeah, and I also, like, it's curious, like... Because the question with these always is also, like, how much of it are you showing? Like, are you showing the whole thing? Are you showing two or three episodes? Or, like, half of it? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel... And I feel like the answer has been varied at at the actual festival, right? Like, they have... Mm -hmm. I think they showed, like, the the Chazelle Eddies, but not the other ones, or, like, whatever. But um, reasonable. Which are the worst ones, so it it might not have won... Yeah, that's right. Has Cullen yeah. talked about the Eddie on the pod? I'm not sure I think if you've talked ever, about the like, Eddie when I, when I finished sure. it. Yeah. That uh, is good. A, Watch a Eddie. special presentation. Sure. Yeah, that yeah, that rings a bell. Um We're going to do a special presentation jury at the end of the year. Everything we plug <laughs> is up against each other. <laughs> I, if you, you compile you, the list, Cullen, <laughs> I will be happy to participate you in that. You think that we've all gone and looked at each other's special presentations throughout the year? Yeah, we all need to go judge, so this will be a homework quest. <laughs> yeah, God, it'll, it'll be... be so many things. It'll be, yeah. it'll be Lemonade versus Wind versus yeah. a book. <laughs> Yeah, right. one day I will eat a whole loaf of bread. One day I have to go back in time to see some play that Andy watched. <laughs> yeah, I have to listen to like four albums that Emilio recommended. Yeah, that's the easiest. I feel like I have the easiest slate of just stuff. Sure, to... I guess I read two books. I guess if sure, that's also yeah. We get until the end of the year. Yeah. Right. It's November. <laughs> it is. Boy, is it November. Um, two more of the films from Cannes Competition this year have been uh, acquired as well. Uh, mm-hmm. Tariq Saleh's film, which was called Boy from Heaven, uh, has been acquired by Samuel Goldwyn Films. And given sure. a new title to uh, perhaps put it more in line with his uh, Prime Video original, uh, the film is now called Cairo Conspiracy. Uh, classic can competition film title. Cairo uh, Conspiracy. Yeah. <laughs> and then also... What are, what are uh, people from Cairo? What's the, like... Are they, are they Cairoans? Hey, buddy. They're... You're just gonna step on a landmine! <laughs> right. We don't have to continue. You don't need to guess. This sort of Egyptians, <laughs> I think. Um, yeah. And then the Mario Martone film has been acquired by uh, Breaking Glass Pictures. That was called um, Nostalgia. I would say that film would have been high on my list of, like, things that might just never get distribution. Though I think his, sure. his like, weird Venice movies that no one ever saw did eventually get, like, half a release in the U.S. Uh, but mm. that leaves four films uh, undistributed... Uh, three of them by uh, French directors. Uh, sure. The new Arnaud Desplechin, which like maybe Mubi will just throw that out eventually. Uh, Valeria sure. Bruni Tedeschi's film, uh, and then the second film from Leonor Sarai, which I think I've said before. Like my impression of that was that like pe- the people who saw it thought it was totally fine, and it just kind of got fucked over by premiering on the last day of the festival when everyone had left. Uh, and then uh, Layla's Brothers, which I know you saw, Emilio. I would imagine we'll get some kind of release eventually. Yeah, I mean, you good. liked it, right? Yeah, yeah. Pe- people it's should... Long, but... Yeah, it's long. But I feel like it's like a pretty just like normal 
drama yeah. that people would enjoy watching. It seems like a classic yeah. thing that plays at your art house for old people, like in April. Yep. Sure. So got a great marketing know. hook too. So many people yeah. have brothers. That's so true, Andy. Uh, but yeah, hurry up and uh, Ellen's going to be done talking to me by the end of this record. You will never speak to me again after we are done with this episode. Um, another, uh, maybe there's a, actually two parts of this. A, a little Magnolia check-in. I think one bit is that we've, uh, I, I believe Look I said pigs. before that they were uh, <laughs> giving a tour. theatrical release to uh, Andrew Bujolski's new film. Uh, their website now suggests that that will be a primarily digital release. Uh, but on the plus side, you can watch it as you're listening to this a week from today. A uh, new film from wonderful director... Andrew I'm excited. Yeah, one of our favorites. There's one that I wasn't, like, hyped for, but then I was like, I love Support the Girls, and well, you yeah, get it, a new movie. Yeah, it just, it premiered at the Tribeca Film Festival, so yeah. that's not how you get buzz. Um, but their other acquisition uh, for next spring, uh, more high profile, uh, is the new Paul Schrader movie. Uh, the Master Gardener, uh, which I was bound to get some sort of distribution at some sure. point. I think also, yes. perhaps due to subject matter, was not likely to get uh, quite as prominent distributor as Magnolia. I mean, as uh, Focus, sorry, who put out Card Counter or A24. Uh, but. Magnolia, they'll get it out there. You'll see it. Sure. Um, yeah, and, and it's a nice uh, calendar middle ground between what happened with uh, um, with uh, with con- uh, Card Counter, which card came counter, out instantly. Yes. They threw and it, then, threw it um, out there. Uh, well, I'm, I've been blanking uh, on this reformed, title. First, first Reformed, reformed was, was like a year later, right? No, yeah, it, it was, was like May. So to... that's... It was, it premiered... I thought it was like a full year after. No, nah, um, it wasn't a full year. I maybe I don't. It might have been later than me because I'm now remembering I saw it at the Maryland Film Festival first, but I feel like I saw it again later that month or shortly. I I feel like it was mid to late spring, so that is still in play. But could also sure. you know could be March. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's also time, speaking of distributors, uh, to do another little A24 check-in. Uh, particularly, yeah, we love the A24 check-in. Uh, this one geared uh, towards what they might have at uh, the Spring Festivals this year, uh, Sundance and South by Southwest. Uh, and South by Southwest, they, they did, they kind of made that a little more of their home last year. Uh, bodies, 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 everything, everywhere, all at once. I think there's a third one. Uh, but, and I think the, in 2020, the initial plan was to premiere the Green Knight there. That obviously didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, and it does feel like they maybe have more... South by Southwest E stuff. Oh, the other one is, of course, uh, X was there. Uh, and sure. so they might be, they may well uh, throw in Maxine. Right, there's a third movie in that series yep. coming, right? Or uh, yeah. Max Maxine. I don't know how we're going to say that one. Um, Maxine would I'm be my guess. I'm not going to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, we're going to have to talk about the South by Southwest lineup. Um, but they do have other South by Southwest E stuff that could be done. Sure. Uh, I think the the Julio Torres movie, I think, is the one that shot the longest ago. That, I would <laughs> have to imagine, they 
we'll get out this spring, and that is sure. more of a South by, feels like more of a South by thing than uh, a Sundance thing. Uh, fucking identical I wouldn't be shocked twins. if it were Sundance. Sure, it could. It's more yeah. a matter of, like, if it seems like they're more into South by, these right. would fit well there. Uh, fucking identical yeah. twins, which I'm sure at some point will be called something else. Uh, the Josh Sharp, Aaron Jackson movie based on their sketch show that Larry Charles directed. Uh, that shot over the summer, so I would imagine that's done. There was uh, actually set, oh. there was actually a fourth A24 movie at this year's South by Southwest. Please. Marcel the Shallow Shoes on. Of oh. course. Uh, resurfacing from Telluride. Oh, right, having played Telluride. Yeah, yep. and then... Uh, yeah, that, boy, that, that, that movie really spent, like, a full six months in the vault. Um, but yeah, then the other one is that there, I remember there were set photos from the new Aaron Schimberg film, uh, that he was shooting, uh, like, a couple months ago, so that could also be done. Uh, Chained for Life might have premiered at Tribeca. Uh, but that could, you know, that wasn't an A24 movie, and this one's got Sebastian Stan and Renata Reinsve. Um, and then Sundance, uh, I would imagine, oh, and then another, uh, I think one that could go either way, uh, given that her previous movie did premiere at Sundance, but also, uh, is more of a genre thing and has, like, a buzzy South by cast, as I think, uh, Jane Show and Bren also shot her new movie I Saw the TV Glow uh, earlier this fall or over this summer. Um, follow up to We're All Going to the World's Fair. Um, uh, and then I think the Kelly Reichert movie I assume will do the after gang we're, put, we're putting it at Sundance and then we'll come out not too and long after. Dump it on Showtime. Yeah. Yeah. Does the show is the Showtime deal still active? I feel like who knows? <laughs> Even was it? I mean, yeah. Was it just the humans in After Gang? There was something. I feel else like that's for it. sure. I mean, they have some stuff that like no one ever hears about. They sure. do, but um. Anyway, uh, yeah. I mean, uh, I mean, yeah. The other uh, A twenty four thing that would make s- most sense at Sundance, uh, unless they want to hold it for the fall, uh, is the Nicole Holliff Center, which I think shot like early summer, late spring, uh, with uh, Julia Louis Dreyfus and Tobias Menzies. Right. Right, and there was some talk that that might be ready for the fall. Right, or I said it was possible. I don't know if that was actually the case. Uh, Sure. Yeah, I guess in August it felt to me like it had shot long enough ago. Uh, Oh, and of course the reason that we're having this conversation is that I was listing these movies uh, to our friend Jack because we had been talking about Celine Song's new film... Yeah. Uh, past lives, which I would imagine that also feels more Sundancey uh, with Greta Lee, Teo Yu, and John Majaro. She's, of course, a playwright that me and Jack both really like. Uh, so excited for that movie. Uh, and then the other thing that we haven't talked about that. Uh, I was doing some digging, and then Andy was yeah. just like, oh, yeah, this happened. Is that uh, over the summer, <laughs> uh, Annie Baker shot a movie. Another tremendously yeah. good playwright. Uh, perhaps the, the best living playwright. Um, I don't know who is in that movie, or uh, the. It might be well, called. I, 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 you, oh, you I do? Su- no, I don't, but I sure hope Michael Turnus is. I mean, that would be great. Uh, it it might be called Janet Planet, 
they, there was a casting call at one point for a little a girl who was going <laughs> to learn piano. No, for a, a little girl who was going to learn piano. Uh, it sounds... Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, very, very excited for that. Uh, excited to hear play the more. daughter of Michael Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I believe she's the titular daughter's... Uh, I mean, the titular Janet's daughter. Though, I guess, you know, maybe Michael Chernitz is her father. Uh, um, they, or no, it was, they were looking for a little girl, and then they were also looking for an older woman to play the little girl's piano teacher, I think. Michael Chernitz's wife, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, of course, we all remember that the third A24 Showtime movie was Elizabeth, a portrait in parts, an Elizabeth II documentary that A24. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't that. That was like a week ago or like a month ago, right? Didn't they like add that to Toronto at the last second after she died? This said its release date was May twenty seventh. So maybe there's a different Elizabeth. Well, it's a portrait in parts, right? Maybe one of the, oh, some of the maybe parts there was came a new part. Yeah, and... I, the one that Tiff programmed, I, I think, was <laughs> I believe the one that Tiff programmed was directed by the deceased Roger Mitchell. Uh, so yes, that this is this is the Roger Michel one. Yes. Maybe they were just showing a thing that was maybe, already maybe. out. Who right, knows? Being a being a British territory and all that, or whatever. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I was, I was, I was in a movie where there were like uh, a bunch of professors talking, and they were like, "Are they going to cancel school for her funeral?" Because I think that obviously it had been a while, but I think the right. precedent was that last time they did make it a national holiday. And I think they ended up not doing it this time, was the resolution to that. Good for them. Anyway, uh, Pavel Polakowski's back with his new film, The Island, wow. starring Joaquin Phoenix and Rooney Mara. I believe oh boy, the Lovebirds! I believe Mary as Magdalene a rich reunion. couple who go live on an island and are weirdos. Uh, so... Sounds like a stretch. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, very, you know. Uh, so everyone get excited for that. I don't. I I would imagine yeah. that's shooting next year. Hope you like also, seeing them in black and white and a square. We love squares. Also, probably shooting <laughs> next year. Uh, Pablo Larín has announced what the third part of his uh, trilogy of. Uh, sad famous ladies is gonna be i guess uh and he's teaming with angelina jolie uh to make a movie about maria callis or Kayas, the Callis, opera singer yes yep that's gonna be opera so yep. good Stephen <laughs> knight's back Holly, yeah. it's of course not his next movie because uh today i believe there is an article uh, an interview with ed lockman in uh, uh, Variety, where he said that he had not been able to shoot the new Todd Haynes movie, which I think just finished shooting uh, with Julianne Moore and Natalie Portman, because he had gone to Chile to shoot a Pablo Larín movie and broken his hip. Uh, that movie, I, I think he mentioned... The like when Spencer was coming out, that he was going to make like a vampire sure. movie. So I assume this is sure. that. He's going back and forth. He, you yeah, know, he does. Yep. Ed, Ed Lockman he, obviously shot the masterpiece Dark Waters, but also he's so old. He should. He, <laughs> he is not that old. I think he just looks older than he is because he is not in exceptionally good health. Uh, he's like. 70, I think. Uh, sure. That's, I mean, prime hip-breaking age, to be sure. Sure. 70. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't want to speculate too much about sure. Ed Lockman's health, but I, I, I think he may just not have great bones. He was, like, in a wheelchair at uh, <laughs> New York uh, when they were uh, premiering... Um, 
Jesse uh, and Tell me about your bad bones. <laughs> <laughs> I listen. I'm just saying. I don't know. Not enough milk as a kid, was it? Or we can't talk about milk, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, listen, I have no I might, milk opinions. I, yeah, I don't. I, like don't I never drink milk. I might end up with bad bones, and then then who will be laughing? Ed Lockman up in heaven. Um, Amat Escalante's new film, which I think I have mentioned as a possibility uh, of something that may have shot and like I thought maybe could be at Venice. Uh, now, according to Screen Daily, they have reported that it is editing, uh, I think as of earlier this month or last month, uh, such that it could be ready for Cannes, uh, which he's premiered movies at both Cannes and Venice. Uh, his last movie was in Venice competition, The Untamed, which I did not think was great. Uh, Glass Onion is getting, uh, what I Boy, described been here a as, a, <laughs> as a real theatrical release with an asterisk on real. Uh, it's going to be playing for a week at most of the big theaters. Also, it seems like yes, uh, all, Regal all the big and, change is like the big thing. Right, and all the big chains, but also, like, Regal, it seems like, is just, like, friends with Netflix now. Like, they've since tweeted, like, we're showing Bardo! Uh, so, uh, you know, I don't know, I, mean, I guess, uh... I feel like it's been a little looser since the pandemic, like, a lot of them were just... They were showing a lot of the pandemic movies, just, like, because they didn't have anything else. Uh, and they weren't worrying about the window then as much. Sure, and, like, but since even then, like, then, Cinemarks like, had like an official agreement. Right, but Cinemarks guess, done yeah. it, but like they didn't, like you know, they didn't show like Red Market Regal, that uh, Red Notice at Regal theaters or Don't sure. Look Up or whatever. Like this, it is. It's very much feels like all of a sudden a new status quo in a way that is interesting. Yeah. And I, yeah, I'm skeptical. I don't, I'm very curious about this one week thing and how, like, much they will commit I, to that versus, like, oh, it did so well, we're going to do more. Or, I don't know. I we'll mean, see. Who knows? I guess that would uh, depend on it doing well, which I assume it will. Well, also, that's the other thing. Like, are they going to put out box office numbers for this? Netflix has, like, usually four walls and right. doesn't put out box office numbers for their stuff. Who um, could say? So I, I would. I, I wonder if that's why it, they are building it this way, so that they could can continue to not put out box office numbers for it. Maybe. Um, and also, like, I guess right. Shortly after that, there was a, like Ted Sarandos was like, "Oh, we make movies for Netflix," and like, they like and people like Netflix. A lot of people at Netflix had done a lot of work to like get on the good side of the movie theaters and then like he like burned that bridge immediately on an investor sure. call or whatever apparently uh-huh. um, right. well, you know Netflix being Netflix doing Netflix stuff Yeah. what can you do uh, what else have we got uh, oh Lynn Ramsey making a movie with uh, Jennifer Lawrence which it's uh, yes. it sounds like that's maybe now her next thing because I think originally the Julianne Moore movie was going to shoot during the fall, and then Moore signed on to the Haynes movie, which did just shoot, as I already said. Uh, And then there was, I think, a thing in Production Weekly that was like, no, the Moore thing is going to shoot in, like, December. Uh, But now it sounds like maybe this Jennifer Lawrence thing is next. Uh, So who knows? Anyway, Jennifer Lawrence is back. Uh, She says that she would... I realized she had been getting pitches from directors that she really liked that she was not hearing about because they were not offering enough money. Yes. Um, Uh, Causeway's streaming now. Check it out if you haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Um, Yeah. Uh, And uh, she's not making the Elizabeth Holmes movie with uh, Adam McKay anymore. That's right. That's the other thing. She was like, that seems like a bad idea. Uh... Well, her, 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 good job. Yeah, that was more the thing, which is like they did it. We don't need yeah. to do this again. 
I mean, that was only notable because I think Adam McKay had been like, no, we still want to do it. We're still excited about it. Um, but yeah. Uh, Annie or No has won the Nobel Prize in literature. Wow. Uh, yes. No did uh, memoirs. We're a books podcast now. Well, listen, she is her, uh, her, one of her famous memoirs, uh, Happening, on which the uh, Golden Lion winner last That's year right. was based, uh, uh, now uh, out, el- eligible for awards consideration this year. Uh, but she also co-directed, wonderful, co-directed uh, the Super 8 Years, I think with her son, maybe, uh, which was in the Cannes premiere section, and then showed it right. New York Film Festival... Uh, like two right, days she was like making a public in, you know, appearance, right? Yeah, yeah. Right, they yeah. had like a event with her, along with showing the movie that had been announced before she won. Uh, where I think Elif Batuman talked to her. Uh, but yeah, big coup for them happened a month ago at this point. But congratulations to Annie Erno from your friends at Can I Kick It. Uh, Cinema Guild has acquired Human Flowers of Flesh, another Kearns title that we've talked about, and, uh, those of us who have seen quite like it. Very good movie, Helena Whitman's movie with, uh, Angeliki Papulia of Dogtooth. Speaking of which, uh, Yorgos Lanthimos, uh, has, uh, announced his movie, and... Is what the movie and is what? called. That's it. It's called And. Well, uh, He's being silly. Who's on first? I don't know who's on third. So and. true. Um, that which is I've just, heard I, is... I mean, a while away from Andy. If you think <laughs> about it. It's a movie that will not <laughs> win an award because its title's so fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> no one to be like, you know. And the, and the Oscar goes yeah, to And. and. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you! <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, he has a movie that, given he's moved on, this movie is now shooting, presumably Poor Things is done, <laughs> uh, and bringing back a number of people from that, uh, or a few people, Emma Stone, right. uh, Willem Dafoe, Margaret Qualley, our favorite, um, uh, Joe Alwyn, back from The Favorite. Uh, sure. Jesse Plemons and Hong Chow now yeah. in tow. Uh, my prediction is that poor things will be bad, but and will be good. Um, Lock it in. Yep. We'll see. I would like to see both of them. <laughs> yeah. I like to I mean, maybe them. at this point it's one it can, one it Venice. Uh, sure. Now we've got a question. What and did you is... say? Did you say that and is maybe an anthology movie or something? Or wasn't it... I think I started saying that and didn't finish okay. saying it. Yeah, right, it might yes. be an anthology movie is what we've been hearing. So far, the set photos are just Emma Stone with blood on her face. Uh, so you know, we'll see. Perhaps if people seem to be. Uh, appearing in sets, or if more people get added to the cast, that would perhaps be a sign that that is the case. Uh, but yeah, I've got a question here, which is, what is super? Uh, we got down the pipe, uh, I think shortly after TIFF, uh, super had acquired St. Ilmer, uh, super being a label of neon that I think previously had only put out documentaries and not in like mm-hmm. three years so i was sure. like why are they bringing this back uh then yeah. they also uh as a super acquisition uh bought sanctuary uh the margaret Qualley mm-hmm. christopher abbott movie which is good uh and i think at that point i was like oh is this just their label of like movies that are actually going to be Hulu originals. Uh, but then St. Omer is the French Oscar submission, and they right. are 
they're putting it out in January, which I don't know it. I, I would imagine that might mean they'll also give it a qualifying run, but maybe sure. not. I mean, it doesn't matter for the international feature Oscar, but if it they want it to run in categories. But yeah, like you would, I don't know. You would, I, I feel like that's a movie that like could also like right. win best foreign language feature at critics awards. Which it sure. probably would have to do a qualifying release to be eligible for. Sure. Uh, and, you know, it's a very good movie. Uh, but, yeah, so I don't know. I, we will find out what it means in the coming months to be acquired by Super. And if anyone has any hot tips in the meantime, yeah. let us know. If you... Maybe I, when I saw, uh, Baby Ruby, I believe I was sitting in front of someone who worked for Neon, uh, cause he was complaining about how Moon Age Daydream was only going to get one week on IMAX screens because of the Avatar sure. re-release. So, right. uh, if you're that guy, get in touch. We didn't talk, <laughs> yeah. uh, but if you know what Super is, uh, now... Yes. You know what? I'm going to save this next item for last, because there's only two more. Uh, So, Focus Features uh, made the big acquisition of the TIFF market, which is the Alexander Payne movie, which was apparently, like, done, and they saw it, uh, but they're not putting it out till next award season. I remember there was some buzz that it might Yeah, there was talk of, like, maybe someone will buy it and put it out this year, but... No, they're holding on to it. And then another in the genre of, I think, movies that I have just been saying for, like, a year and a half. Maybe this will play at a festival. Um, Damian Zifron's uh, follow-up to the Oscar-nominated Wild Tales has been acquired by Vertical Entertainment. This film uh, from the Argentinian character, director is, of course, a thriller starring Shailene Woodley and Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, so no idea what that means for when or if it will play a film festival. Cullen's into it. <laughs> I'm mean, turned on Shailene. I'm also... I don't She's know. She's in the new man? Yeah. It's her I'm year. also like, I don't she know what's Aaron. up with this one. Uh, The Deadline article says they're willing to put it out in theaters the first half of next year. Uh, Apparently set in Baltimore. That's exciting. No. Yeah, I'm into this too. No distributor has ever been been more of a money laundering front than Vertical Entertainment. Can I tell (laughs) you that they've got a big list of movies that have been released by... uh, Vertical entertainment in this article, and you're right. Uh, who could forget John Michael McDonough's The Forgiven? Uh, Sam and Kate, starring Dustin Hoffman and Sissy Spacek. Uh, All of these movies yeah. were made with cartel money. Just absolutely. Just. I mean. Yeah. Uh. Excited to see what this one is. And then, of course, the big ticket item. It's the Florian Zeller surprise. He's... No one look into this. Florian... Yep, that's what it says in the document. No one look into this. Uh, Florian Check. Zeller to make TV debut with series adaptation, which he will be... It sounds ghost? like... Right, what? Is it the Holy Ghost? No, he will be writing, directing, and co-producing a series adaptation of the Lehman Trilogy. Whoa! (laughs) I think I did see this, but I didn't register with it. (laughs) (laughs) uh, I'm shooting him. (laughs) God, I think I want to say right now, but I can't. But, uh... (laughs) <laughs> sure. Uh, I'm, 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 I'm skeptical. Real. <laughs> Is that what you were going to say? <laughs> um, skeptical uh, yeah, about the deft I mean, touch look. of Sam Mendes. It's not going to be as good, but uh, we'll see. Huh? 
It'll be fine, I guess. <laughs> My guess is it won't be as good as it was in the on the stage. Yeah, right. You, need you won't be stage. able to throw a baseball at him. Well, yeah, you, you could, want to see him. I mean, you, you could throw a baseball at the, your TV, but right. I wouldn't recommend. I mean, it. I imagine they will just be in like regular sets. It won't be like an abstract set that spins around a bunch. Like, yeah, uh, you know, it's not. It's not going to be the same. No, maybe it'll be. Not. Maybe it's just an interesting story. But uh, maybe, yeah. I mean, it's certainly. I doubt they will do the three actors thing. So yeah, I, mean, I don't know. Do, like, that's you don't actors. think they're gonna bring in SRB? They could, but like, which part? Like then, like I guess I like, if he plays like feel dozens like of parts they or whatever. Might I don't know if they'll have them do all of them. I wouldn't be surprised if they cast three actors in multiple roles. Sure, they could maybe. do yeah, just like three actors playing the characters. Interacting with other people, right, right, and I mean, yeah, each episode is a different like generation or whatever. Like, there's yeah, sure, there's structure potential there, I suppose, but uh, and no one better than Florine Zeller coming hot off of the sun, right, to tackle the Lemon <laughs> trilogy, Lemon trilogy, uh-huh. excuse me, wow, Colum- from shot an Italian from book, <laughs> loved it, excited to see him work his translation magic. Will yeah. Christopher Hampton be involved? Yeah. Well, Michael Turner's even. We really hope a Turner's in every stocking. God, you, I should, you yeah, didn't I even should. you didn't even retweet my Michael Turner's tweet from the other day, did you? I did not. I don't think. I'm sorry. Oh my god! Have, you should do it right now. I. Think. All right. Well, while Andy finds that, um, yeah. What? What? Else? That was the end of the news. Yeah, <laughs> that that's Lehman the end of the news segment. But it'll be back next week. Uh, cause I'm gonna baseball, keep up with it. Again. Baseball, baseball. Uh, it's it's it, it might be a little bit ago. It was like it's within the last week, I think. Okay. I feel like you don't even need to do an at search. You can just throw Michael Furness, and I don't think he's the, on the tip of everyone's tongue. It'll it was exactly be... seven days ago. Wow. Uh, yeah, I'll throw this retweet. Thanks. And what's it say? Oh, uh, I suppose there are a couple months left, but the best supporting performance of the year is still Michael Churness in Severance. Which I probably don't actually agree with, but uh, it's a fun thought. Oh, Severance. Yeah, he's so good. Yes. Yeah, he is very I, fun in that show. Yeah, he plays a bullshit self-help book uh, yeah. writer whose uh, book ends up being hugely like full of wisdom for the people who are severed inside the inside their company because yeah. they don't have any outside experience of culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's so good, and he's back for season two. I should hope so. Shooting soon, it sounds like. Yeah. Uh, the great yeah. John Noble's gonna be in it. Great, great, great cast additions on Severance. Yeah. Anyway, everyone's excited for Severance to come back. Um, yeah, we've got some more movies that played. Currents to talk about. I think a couple features that I should get to that only I have seen. Uh, so I'll go through them quickly. Uh, Daniel Eisenberg's new film. The Unstable Object 2, uh, which won the top prize at uh, FID Marseille in July. Uh, the sequel to The Unstable Object, uh, but much longer. Uh, three and a half hours long, set in three different factories. The first one is like a prosthetics factory that's like Obviously, like, very sort of involved and technical. And then this, like, uh, glove factory where they're making, like, bougie gloves. And then a distressed jeans factory that is, like, uh, you know, uh, there's all these processes for making the jeans look fucked up. Uh, And so there's, like, about an hour spent 
in each of these factories, it is, like, a little... It, it's not, like, totally sequential, but it is a little bit in the, like, Mr. Rogers-y, go-to-a-factory, uh, vein of, like, you're, you're sort of tracking generally from, like, the, the start to the end of the product, um... I got the the thing I think of most often in that genre is the Reading Rainbow episode where they go to the bowling ball factory. Uh, but anyway, I mean, it is just I I found it fairly interesting to watch for that runtime. I think there's the, he, he he's kind of like asking you. There's like this the obvious thing to say is like, oh, it's so hard to watch this, like, really long, boring movie, which is then, like, you know, what are you saying about the labor of the people who are just doing that all day, every day? Uh, uh, but I don't know. I mean, I didn't totally have that reaction. Like, I don't know that I, I don't think I would, especially, like, having any of those jobs, but, like, three hours did not seem an onerous amount of time to just kind of spend looking at process. Uh, and yeah, I mean, it's like, it, it is like, there's very little dialogue, uh, and occasionally they'll speak in English, but then when they're speaking in another language, it's not subtitled. Uh, there is the first the the first two there is a lot of music that just is playing in the factories or sometimes in offices uh which i think gives you both an interesting just like idea of what music these people are listening to but then also helps to sort of uh convey how he's editing through time and how time is passing uh, you know, whether, whether yet it's within the same song or it's going to a new song. Uh, so I, I mean, I, I, I find it very interesting. It's not a movie that seems likely to have a ton of legs. Uh, uh, but one that, as I mentioned, has been acquired, uh, and I think is, uh, very short. It's like a little over an hour, uh, and much more like fun to watch, even though it's also pretty observational. Uh, Rewind and Play, uh, the Langomi film uh, about Thelonious Monk that is uh, taken from footage from this, like, French TV show that Thelonious Monk was on. Uh, and, like, th there is footage of him just, like, arriving in France and, like, hanging out in France. But the actual, like, footage of him on the TV show is, like, it's clearly just these, like, annoying, racist French people trying to interview him and him just getting increasingly frustrated. And, like, the the guy is, like, trying to make a connection and, like, had met him before. Like, they talk, he talks about having met him in New York and been in his apartment. And he just constantly is, like, shut up. Uh, and, but then there's also just, like, him playing the piano, which he's real good at. Uh, so yeah, I like that movie a lot. Uh, and then another one, another documentary, uh, Mutzenbacher, uh, by Ruth Beckerman, uh, which is, I mean, I, 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 it's, I guess, kind of in a sort of documentary hybrid form, because the premise of the movie is that she is doing a casting call for an adaptation of this very uh, controversial Austrian book from like the early uh, the early twentieth century uh, called Josephine Mutzenbacher, or the story of a Viennese whore as told by uh, herself, uh, which is uh, I, was anonymously published. Uh, but it's just, like, uh, basically, uh, a story about a, uh, Austrian teenager, uh, having a lot of sex with adult men. Uh, the, the, the book, it is suspected, was written by a man, 
Uh, in fact, one of the people who uh, might have written it is uh, Felix Sultan, who also wrote Bambi. Uh, but so that uh, she puts out this casting call for people to act in this movie, but it only goes out to man. And so it's just men of various ages uh, reading from this book uh, and, like, talking with her about uh, just uh, if they would consider being in this movie. And, like, sometimes she will have them, like, start to, like, act it out with each other and sometimes they'll do it and sometimes they'll be like, I don't know about that. Uh, the, I mean, the, the funniest little bit is that, uh, it, it, she does the thing of, like, I think when watching the rehearsal, I was like, what if he got someone who, like, was a fan of his, and I was like, I assume he would hate it, and it would not make the air. Uh, but she does get someone who's like, oh, yeah, I came in because I'm a big fan of your films and blah, blah, blah. And she, like, lets him talk for a while. And then she's just like, if I cast you in this movie and I asked you to fuck a tree, would you do it? Uh, which was a good, good solution to uh, what a documentarian like that would do uh, when faced with someone who is a fan of their work. Uh, and then a couple of shorts, uh, both of which I think are quite good. Uh, I don't know, Cullen, I know you also saw Northeast Corridor, uh, the Joshua yeah. Jen Salons movie. Do you maybe want to start on that? Yeah, I mean, it's like a very short, um, experimental, like, collage film, I mm -hmm. guess, with, um, yeah. mostly, like, uh, paint splashes, splotches, uh, splatter, um, and, uh, you know, like, different lights, different, like, sl sliced and moved around, uh, like, film sprockets and, like, reels of film, also, what, I guess it looks like it's sort of being projected under and you're watching yes. the roll through and of I it. Uh, yeah, and I think there is, he has a film print version of it that just isn't sure, okay. watched. Sure, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, I, 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 it's been a few weeks yeah. since I watched it, but, uh, I remember thinking it was like, um, very good looking. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it, that is like something we were talking about last week of like, it sometimes feels like in these like experimental short sections, they, there isn't as much stuff as, as you would like of like stuff that is just really cool looking. Uh, yeah. So this is sort of another in the, like, it does that, which, like, I think is maybe more effective when you're, like, seeing a bunch of these in a theater. Like, that's, yeah. the, those are the ones that are going to stand out, especially, I would imagine, uh, New York had a film print of this. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I mean, I think it is cool, and there is, it is also, like, very steeped, it seems like, in, like, experimental film, because uh, it was inspired by... Luther Price, uh, who's a, a queer filmmaker, uh, who I'm not familiar with, uh, but yeah, I mean, it, it is just, it, it, you know, it is just kind of the thing of, like, if it just, if a movie just, like, looks cool, then, like, you don't have to get everything that it's doing. Uh, and then another short, which I think, I think is even more, like, uh, informational and, like, very essayistic, uh, but I think also is doing cool things visually is, uh, Mary Helena Clark's new film, Exhibition, uh, which, like, you know, as that title would suggest, is kind of playing with the idea of, like, exhibition of film and of art, uh, and of just, it, it kind of starts, uh looking at just, like, the act of seeing, and it is just, like, very dense, like, she has a bibliography at the end of the thing, and I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, I caught some of these things, some of these, like, I didn't notice there was Freud stuff in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and then there is, I, there is also, like, there's, 
And it's got a lot of just different uh, things. It's only 18 minutes long, but there are just a lot of, like, different things that she does. There's, like, a section where someone's sketching. Uh, yeah. There's a section that she, like, shot in a in some sort of movie theater uh, where I was like, what is this movie? And then I realized it was a movie that I had been shown at least parts of in high school in my American history class. It's um, Iron Jawed Angels, the HBO documentary, not documentary, uh, TV movie. TV movie, uh, Where Hilary Swank plays Alice Paul. Yeah, uh, I have uh, many times showed that as a substitute teacher. Sure, yeah, <laughs> and, and because uh, yeah, part of, it's like apparently this is just what I read about it. Um, it's the split narrative of like uh, where one of the halves or one of the parts is about uh, like suffragette movement and right, yeah, uh, they show that video right, as that part is, of it with like yeah. other narration and it's like her i guess uh uh she's on a hunger strike and uh, yes they're like force feeding her rags it's yes pretty dense <laughs> yeah uh, i think our teacher had to be like did show us that part and had to be like uh this is kind of gnarly uh yeah because it was uh but yeah alice paul famous suffragette and yeah like there's this uh bit i believe it sounds like uh is from uh, i guess like the memoir or journal of mary richardson i think is what's going on there uh where she's talk where some of the the narrator is talking about uh topically being in a museum uh and she's also a suffragette and like waiting for the guards to turn away so she could like attack one of the paintings with an axe. Uh, but yeah, then there is also this, you know, like, the, during that, the scene with the Iron Shot Angels bit, she's, like, talking about, uh, like, and she she's not the narrator, uh, but the narrator's talking about, uh, just sort of discussing, like, piracy uh and image and like what it means to like be watching something that uh was shot in a movie theater like secondhand uh and like another one of the sources she's citing is uh al yarbis who is like a psychologist who researched eye movement uh so i don't know it is like this is one where i'm like i wonder how this would play if it was just like oh you see this in a section in a program and then you just like see three more shorts of like it helped me to like pause it and take a screenshot of that bibliography and like look through some of the sources and I'm like I think it is good I liked watching it I would watch it again but like it's pretty inscrutable yeah it's not it is something where I don't know, you know, I think it would be cool to see it in a theater. I think there's things you would get from that, but, like, yeah. I don't think the middle of a shorts program would be the best place to see it. Yeah. Uh, which is just, like, I think that's something that maybe we'd like to talk to more people about, is just, like, the challenges of programming shorts and, like, trying to get these shorts seen theatrically, and, like, sometimes it is very useful to have the directors there so that you can talk about them but then also there is just the thing of like some of these shorts uh are really asking for as much space as a feature asks for and just like cannot be afforded that space uh under current theatrical distribution models and like often uh you know some of them like don't really work at home or some of them, like, the director has minimal interest in them being seen at home. So, like, that is something that interests me. That uh, hopefully we will have more on in future weeks. But anyway, if you do get a chance to see either of these movies, I think they are very much worth seeing uh, and thinking about. Uh, but with that, 
I think we can go to special presentations. Oh my gosh, what have I even done this week? I've been, I guess it's been a few weeks. Yeah. Uh, is there anything yeah. that I watched? Uh, I can start if that, Go for if it. y'all need the time. Uh, yesterday, watched some movies, but the one that I want to shout out is, uh, Richard Linklater's Slacker. Watched it for the first time. Uh, I talked on the Waking Life Apollo 10 and a half episode about how I, Waking Life was like this interesting love letter to Austin because that's just what I, I, the sort of read I got from it. And Slacker is just that movie. Slacker is just like, what if we just pointed a camera around people in Austin and just saw what we think they're up to? And it's so loose and... Uh, no fun. I just had a great time. I really love Slacker. My boy Lynx. Yeah. Loving him. Yeah. People should watch Sla- Slacker. Yeah. Uh, he'll be back next year. He's got the Glenn Powell movie. Hit me. He'll be up next year. Uh, I can go. I've got a silly one this week. Uh, go buy something in a store. I don't think we need Amazon. I think it's very nice to decide you need a thing and then just go to a store and you can have it within an hour uh sure storefronts yeah local mom and pops even though you know that's ideal but you know drive over to target sure yeah get a starbucks while you're there See, I, yeah, well, even at Target, I've been using the, the car side pickup or whatever lately. I mean, that's I fine. That's, if, sure. if, they, if it's instant, you know, if it's instantaneous, that's, that's fine. It's still better than Amazon, I think, even if you're not <laughs> Sure. What do you get out of car side, curbside pickup for Target <laughs> Andy? I'm just moved into an apartment, so, like, I got, like... I got like a a, a, couch. a shoe mat and like hooks for my coats and uh, some fiber supplements. Like you know, it's like you didn't, you didn't ask them if they have a less lumpy futon. I did not know. I felt like that would be out of my price range. Plus, we fixed it. I we didn't get to that part it's of the story because we wanted to anymore. start the podcast. Wow. We flipped it over. It's totally good. It's very comfortable. Anyone so, who knows me personally and wants to stay with me, the futon is available and comfortable. Me and my friends I'll punched it till it was flat. Next Absolutely. Right. Do you have one, Andy? Uh, sure. Um, I'm just gonna say this because people people don't know what's happening. Uh, Inside Amy Schumer is back, <laughs> and it's very funny. Uh, the sketches uh, make me laugh. It's airing uh, Thursdays on Paramount Plus, and it's well worth your time. I believe you're right uh, that people don't know it's happening. Yeah. I believe you've called that it's Amy's year. Well, it was... Oscar night was Amy's night. It was her and night. So and it's then sort of rolled into being her yeah. year. Yeah. <laughs> um, Unfortunately, she was not invited back uh, to host the Oscars again. No. Yeah, well, you know. She, she can't top it, right? She can't top herself, so she's just gonna gonna let Kimmel, you know, sweep up after her. Um, can I go? Please. I wish that you would. Um, I haven't finished this yet, but I'm very much enjoying David Milch's memoir called Life's Work. Um, I think he's a really interesting guy and has a lot of interesting insights into, uh, working through personal problems through art and how that maybe isn't the best thing to do for the people around you. And, uh, it's just really interesting to see how it's like his, uh, what he's been through and what he's turned out to be. Um, I, I, I'm not super, I've, I've seen the first season of Deadwood and, uh, right. I, I'm going back now just cause I'm so great show. Uh, in love with the way this guy thinks about the world and writes. Yeah, and uh, he's, he's a good writer. I mean, he—it's truly crazy. Where it's like when he was in college, he was studying. Uh, he was like the sort of the protege of Robert Penn Warren, and like working with him 
doing like uh, uh, essay work and teaching at Gale. It's just a crazy life. And then it's like, mm-hmm. yeah, when I'm 50 and like already <laughs> gone through like rehab and like drug addiction and like working through all these personal problems uh, on NYPD Blue, I created Deadwood <laughs> and then made John from Cincinnati's where I'm at now. I think he's about to go into luck. Uh, or whatever's in the gulf between John from Cincinnati and Luck. Uh, sure. So I'm excited to see where it goes uh, from there. But yeah, it's crazy. Life's work, uh, really, really interesting stuff. <laughs> Unfortunate that he does it. It wasn't written late enough for him to explain why each individual horse who he killed deserved it. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean, Richard Kind says that we don't have the whole story, right? He, he's like That's the right. reason luck got canceled wasn't because of the horses. Um, Trust him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you but, can so uh, hear that tweet in his voice. It's crazy. I gotta say, I don't remember whose bit that is. I thought that was an Andy bit I was stealing, but I, based on your reaction, I'm assuming it's not. I mean, I do sometimes do that, but I don't know. In public, it's a little weirder than in private to joke about the horse killing. <laughs> it's late. I'm tired. The clock okay. changed. My body thinks it's after midnight. I'm sorry. Great. I'll release our audience. We haven't Bye-bye. done any of our plugs. Oh, yeah. You're not. Come back. Come back. Come back, audience. Come back. Yeah. Don't, don't release. All right. Very quickly. We're on Twitter at uh, Can I Kick It? We're on Letterboxd and Instagram at CIKIPod. Email us at canikakapod at gmail.com. Donate money to us at coffee.com slash canikako-fi.com slash C-A-N-N-E-S-I. Our theme songs by True Related, who's on Spotify and SoundCloud. I'm Clatley on Twitter. Andy T. Germ. Amelia. Uh, I Laugh Alone, I'm Laugh Alone. And then Jesse. JCP Glick Weber. And now I can release our audience. Bye. 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 Bye.